Hood and Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Some minor league hockey news and hockey could be coming back to the Ponda in five, five weeks? Really? Wow. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks brought to you by Built Bar. How's everyone doing today? This is Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez who's been covering hockey for over a decade now. Yeah, um, it has been a decade since I first started working in hockey. So I can now safely say over a decade started way back in October of 2010 and entering my 11th season, maybe. I, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, first, I want to remind you that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you hear your podcasts. And make sure to follow our Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And be sure to subscribe if you have not already. So, I've had my phone blow up a lot over the past few days with the coming news that hockey's target date has moved to January 13th. There's some other stuff going on. And my phone also kind of blew up last week with some minor league hockey news. And it blew up even over the weekend. So, we're going to start with minor league hockey. Specifically... The ECHL, formerly known as the East Coast Hockey League, but because all the teams aren't in the East Coast, they no longer call it that. Just to give a little background on that, it was called the East Coast Hockey League for a long time until the Westward expansion. They merged with the Western Hockey Leagues, so we had teams like the Stockton Thunder, the Bakersfield Condors, the Ontario Reign, the Las Vegas Wranglers, the Long Beach Ice Dogs, Alaska Aces, to name a few teams. So they were all absorbed into this league. So they just said, we cannot call it this. We will just shorten our name to the ECHL. That's what it's called now. You cannot call it the East Coast Hockey League anymore because we have teams in Idaho and Utah. Okay, fine, whatever. But one of those teams will not be playing this season. Now, as mentioned a while back, uh, the entire North Division will not be playing. In fact, uh, eight ECHL teams backed out earlier this year. And these teams are the Worcester Railers, who are an affiliate for the Islanders, the Maine Mariners, who are an affiliate of the Rangers, the Reading Royals, the Flyers affiliate, the Newfoundland Growlers, the Leafs affiliate, the Adirondack Thunder, which is the Devils affiliate, the Brampton Beast, which are the Sens affiliate, the Atlanta Gladiators, the Bruins affiliate, and the Norfolk Admirals, who have no affiliation. So those eight teams were previously out. Well, we're going to add three more teams to that list. And those teams are the Cincinnati Cyclones, who are a Sabres affiliate, the Kalamazoo Wings from the Vancouver Canucks affiliate, and the Steelheads, the Idaho Steelheads, will not be playing Next season, because of COVID-19, the Steelheads are a Dallas Stars affiliate. So that's 11 out of 26 teams that will not be playing for the ECHL this coming season. So we currently have 13 teams that are in it to play. And I'll quickly, quickly list off those 13 teams that are playing. I will just say that they are all within a specific region. The Allen Americans, Florida Everblades, Greenville Swamp Rabbits, Indy Fuel, Jacksonville Icemen, Kansas City Mavericks, Orlando Solar Bears, Rapid City Rush, South Carolina Stingrays, Tulsa Oilers, the Ducks affiliate, 
Utah Grizzlies, Wheeling Nailers, and the Wichita Thunder. Hmm. All those teams are in the Southeast. You have teams in Texas, Florida, Missouri, South Carolina, just to name a few. So the team, the teams whose homes allow fans, they're going to play. Yeah, they apparently don't care that much about COVID. So they're going to say, hey, why not? Let's invite some fans into our arena. Let's play along. Why not? Now, that is 13 teams. There are two other teams that are not confirmed yet to play. One of them will likely play. One of them will not. The two teams that are undecided as of now, the Fort Wayne Comets and the Toledo Walleye. The Toledo Walleye are in Toledo, Ohio. They have a bit stricter guidelines. They might not play. The Fort Wayne Comets are a long-time team. They're kind of what I call a legacy team in the ECHL. They've been around for a long time. They have an insane amount of history. So I would think that the Fort Wayne Comets would want to play, which means the Walleye would be out, and that would even it up. 14 teams, 7 for each side. So that's who I think is going to play, and that's who I think is going to be out for the ECHL this coming season. As far as, uh, I guess, protocol, there's going to be some loose protocol. Pretty much almost all of those teams are going to allow fans. Uh, I've kind of poked around on each team's Twitter, their main page, and most of those teams, they're going to allow fans. They're going to do it at 25% capacity. All right, that that's fine, I guess. We'll see how that goes, I guess. It's easy for certain teams. Uh, the Tulsa Oilers and Box Center. Box Center has a capacity of about 16,000, so they can easily do 4,000 a night. The Solar Bears in Orlando, they play at Amway Center, the current home of the Orlando Magic. They have a capacity of about 17,000 if they open up the Upper Bowl. Yeah, they can do 25%. They could do about 4,000 4, per game easily. And then you have kind of smaller arenas where it will be a little bit tougher. But like I said, they're going to try it out. So I guess we'll see how that goes for the ECHL. Very quickly on the AHL side, uh, there are still a plethora of rumors. Some saying that they're not going to have a season. Most saying that they are. But there are definitely going to be teams that are going to opt out for the season. Keep in mind that Santa Clara County in Northern California, they're not allowed to have contact sports. So you've got to think the San Jose Barracuda, they might have to opt out if they cannot find a place to play, even here in Southern California. Um, We don't know if there's going to be similar restrictions for the rain, for the gulls, for the condors. We simply don't know if we're going to see any AHL action here in Southern California. And even if we do, it's very unlikely that they're going to play in their home arenas. They're probably going to end up playing in their practice rinks. So I'm fully expecting the rain to play at Toyota Sports Center or Staples Center. I'm fully expecting the goals to play out of the Ponda or at Great Park Ice in Irvine. That's what I'm totally expecting. So be sure to stay tuned for any more future news for the American Hockey League. And we'll have some more news on the Tulsa Oilers 
uh, pretty soon because their season starts in two and a half weeks. Believe it or not, the Tulsa Oilers are going to start fairly soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we will obviously talk about some of the prospects in Tulsa. We're going to talk more about uh, goalie prospects. Yeah, that's all going to come soon. And in fact, I still can't believe I'm saying this. They have an expansion game pretty soon. In fact, just a quick bit of research. I take it back. It's not going to be a couple of weeks. Uh, they're going to play in three days. December 11th is going to be the official start of their season. That's opening night. Their teddy bear toss is the following night, which is December 12th. Oh boy, that's going to be something. Oh, I miss teddy bear toss, guys. I do miss those games. Anyway, we are going to head into the first intermission of this program. But first, let me tell you guys about Built Bar. That is right. Built Bar is back and better than ever and just in time for the holidays too. And I've got to thank Built Bar for sending over some amazing, delicious treats. And just from my perspective, the white chocolate cookie dough, the one that was out briefly, man, that is good. That is some really good stuff. And Built Bar's... They have only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and they are packed with 17 grams of protein, and they taste like a chocolate candy bar. They are so incredibly delicious, so if you guys want to try them for yourself, they are a very healthy way to have a chocolate bar, really. So head over to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code LOCKEDON, to get 20% off your next order of Built Bar. They come in a variety of flavors. A plethora of them, like cookies and cream. Yeah, cookies and cream, still my favorite one. That one's delicious. They have double chocolate. They have mint brownie. They have cherry barcia. They have caramel brownie. They have raspberry. And then if you are not allergic to nuts, they have peanut butter brownie. They have maple pecan. They have banana nut bread, among others. And they also have lemon almond cheesecake. Yeah, I kid you not. That's a flavor. Apple almond crisp. That's also a flavor. So once again, head over to BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON will get you 20% off your next order. Built Bar, the world's best tasting protein bar. Oh yeah. Coming up after the intermission, I guess we're going to talk about the return to play. This is really going to happen, I guess. Yeah, stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And this is brought to you by Built Bar and Built Boost. And once again, I've got to personally thank the people at Built for sending over some awesome stuff. I just got a package from Built yesterday, and it was a bunch of Built Boost. And I'll talk more about Built Boost and Built Go tomorrow. But yeah, uh, so thanks once again to the people at Built. You guys are awesome. And thank you guys for helping support the program. Really, really appreciate it. And as far as myself being kind of, I guess, athletic, I run, I jog, I hike. Uh, Somehow during this pandemic, I've managed to not gain 40 pounds despite cooking a lot more at home, guys. A lot more, believe me. But the hiking and running and all that stuff helps. And I got built to partially think for that. All right. Let's talk about the NHL coming back January 13th. 
That is the target date that is now being looked upon. Yeah, if you guys are ready, we're going to start in. Let's do some math. Five weeks. A little over five weeks is when the NHL is slated to begin. That is five weeks from tomorrow. And this coming from Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet. Here's what he had to say. Quote, According to multiple sources, the players were willing to defer additional monies in exchange for what they considered a meaningful concession. One of the suggestions, for example, was slightly raising the salary cap to put more money in the system. Yes, that could increase how much players will eventually owe to balance the 50-50 split. But with escrow caps, it is not a great concern to the current group. No deal could be reached and both sides decided to move on. End quote. So I guess that's a good thing that they decided to move on. Where it says no deal could be reached, that means that they could still, I guess, break this. But they said, they said, you know what? No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to fight more about it and to disagree. Just move on and start the season as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. So this is at the request of the players. And this kind of has to do with the CBA extension that was ratified by both sides all the way back in July. That was six months ago, guys. So it's good that they've moved on from this and they're just going to try to play. So right now, they're targeting a January 13th opening night. Now here's where the Ducks get involved a little bit. And this one kind of pisses some of us off, to be frank. Remember when the seven non-playoff teams said they would get two weeks or at least a week of extra time for training camp? Yeah, no. No. That's not going to happen. In fact, here's what it says. Training camps open December 28th for the seven non-playoff teams, which are Buffalo, New Jersey, Detroit, LA, Ottawa, the Sharks, and the Anaheim Ducks. And the rest of the teams on January 1st. Let's see, 29, 30, 31, 1, 4 days extra, that's it. They only get 4 extra days. Yeah, some people are not too thrilled about that. And in fact, uh, just about a few minutes ago, and this is why my phone is off. My phone is currently off because I don't want the sound going off in the background. But already, uh, from Locked On Sends, they're pretty much saying, hey, why not just have those teams get the top picks already? Yeah, I wish. That'd be nice. So that is the working agreement between the NHL and the Players Association. As far as European testing goes, that's still going to be something that's going to be a bit of a hurdle. Testing is still going to be a challenge. And something else to keep in mind, this has been lobbied about. Vaccines. Now, there is a vaccine out from a couple companies. I know Pfizer's vaccine is already out in England and vaccines are going to become more readily available as the year goes on. You've got to think that the hockey players are going to be among the first to receive these vaccines, possibly by opening night, because by the time we roll around to January, vaccines will be more available. So why not have them more available for those players? You would think, let's see, Roughly 30 to 40 players per team. 
Let's go on the low side. 30 players per team at 31 teams. That's 930 vaccines. Okay, that's doable. The, the league could swing that, I guess. But there's going to be the obvious thing. What about the American Hockey League guys? What about guys going up and down? Well, they have to be vaccinated. Well, they'll at least have to be tested every other day or every day and make sure they still don't have it. This is still a transitional season because this is now going to become a post-COVID world coming up pretty soon. And right now, there's not going to be any fans for the NHL. But one of those teams that I mentioned, the San Jose Sharks. Well, what about what's happening in Santa Clara County? The 49ers. They're not playing in San Francisco. In fact, they played a game last night and lost to the Buffalo Bills down in Arizona. Yeah, they are playing at the Arizona Cardinal Stadium, State Farm Stadium. And that's where they will be for the next couple of weeks. That's going to be their home, which is strange to me. There's a higher transmission rate of COVID in Arizona instead of California. And yet they're not allowed to play in Santa Clara County. What? Come on. I don't know if that makes complete sense or not, but it is what it is, I guess. So if Santa Clara County doesn't allow hockey to be played, where are the Sharks going to play? The Anaheim? The Cal Palace? Snoopy's Home Ice in, in Santa Rosa? Staples Center for the Kings? Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Now, if the Barracuda play, that's a big, big if at this point. Where are they going to play? Turlock, maybe? Gosh, I don't know what's going to happen as far as certain teams. But the NHL is still going to likely happen once again January 13th. Let's talk about those seven non-playoff teams for a second. The Sabres, the Devils, the Red Wings, Kings, Sens, Sharks, and Ducks. They have not played hockey in nine months. In fact, we are coming up on the nine-month mark since we had our last game at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Nine months, guys. Can you imagine not playing any competitive hockey for that long, save for a few guys like the Elite 1C, Derek Grant, Shattenkirk, you know, those guys that have come over from playoff teams to the Ducks or back to the Ducks in Derek Grant's case, then you have to think, man, this is kind of a huge disadvantage for those teams. And in fact, the league is kind of doing them a disservice by allowing only three to four extra days of training camp. That's not nearly enough. And that puts those seven teams at a huge, huge disadvantage. They're not going to get the practice time to catch up. Most other teams still have their legs under them, especially the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They last played in October or September, October. They're going to have an advantage. What about the teams that went deep? Maybe the teams that got out first, they at least had some playing time and they got some reps in. So that's good for them. But for the teams that haven't played, they cannot be thrilled at all. However, and this is a bit of inside, certain players have been working out here in Southern California. 
In fact, there have been reports of some players practicing at Great Park Ice down in Irvine. There have been reports of players from the Kings practicing at TSC. Some Ontario Rain players, some San Diego Goals guys, they're still in town. They're practicing on the ice locally. Just for you guys that may or may not know, um, I have seen uh, some scrimmages in the recent past and I'm aware that certain players are down here. Uh, I don't know if you guys were aware, but Trevor Zegris, he was down here in Orange County not that long ago. He was working out with the Ducks and a couple of other local players. Uh, Chase DeLeo, he's local. He was practicing along with Zegris. I don't know how many were aware of that. I'm sure some people were aware of that because I saw a couple of tweets about it here and there. So you kind of had to dig deep a little bit. So at least some of those guys are practicing somewhat. But that's only a handful of guys, you know, four, five, six guys. They're working out and that's fine. But that doesn't replicate the full team practices that most people are accustomed to in training camp. It doesn't account for the 20, 30, 40 guys and you have to figure out who's going to make the team. To go from December 28th to January 13th, that is two weeks to decide who's going to be on the team, who is not. We still don't know if the AHL is going to happen for all those teams. There could be an AHL season. There could not be. They might have taxi teams similar to Major League Baseball where they have guys kind of on the lower tier, I guess. Or maybe they'll have 40-man rosters and they'll have a taxi squad. We don't know exactly what's going to happen in that regard yet. And in fact, there's going to be meetings coming up this week and next week for the American Hockey League. So they have a lot riding the next two weeks as far as if the AHL is going to happen or not. And just from a personal perspective, I do hope it comes back because it has been a long time since I've set foot at Pechanga Arena in San Diego. Still one of my favorite arenas. It's been almost 10 months. The last time I set foot in there was in February. Yeah, we're going all the way back to February. Why is that? Well, the San Diego Goals, they kind of didn't have their full slate of games. In fact, they were going to start their homestand the weekend everything got shut down. In fact, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back in time to last season. Why am I doing that? Okay, here's why. So the goals were a little bit, I guess, hesitant on wanting to come back once COVID kind of got out. They were like, hmm, this is kind of happening now. Right now, the AHL has a February 5th target. We still don't know if that's going to take place or not. Um, I would say right now, it's maybe 60-40 that the league will come back. But there's a plethora of hurdles to overcome. And it's going to be a very, very shortened season for the goals. So February 5th, that is the target day. The last time the goals played at home, it was late February. Yeah, late February. That's how long it was. They were supposed to have a game on the 13th, that Friday, and the 15th against the rain, then the 21st, then the 25th, then the 27th. Yeah, I was going to be spending a lot of time down at Pachanga Arena checking out games. The last time they played at home 
was February 22nd against the San Jose Barracuda. It has been since February since I've been down there. I miss you guys down at San Diego. Everyone down there is tremendous. I love the games down there. Uh, You guys have heard me talk about that in the past. If you haven't, go all the way back to February, March. Uh, There's some old, old podcasts where I heap praise to the people working at San Diego. They do a fantastic job down there. I hope fans are going to be able to come back. And as far as media people go, they might just all be virtual. That's what I'm thinking. They're not going to allow media in there. It'll be virtual. That's what I think. So once again, February 5th, that's the target date. As far as the American Hockey League goes, what this has to do with the NHL. Some of those guys might have to be coming up to the NHL because, as I mentioned briefly, testing among other countries. Some players are not here in SoCal or even in the States. Some players are off in Canada or they're in Europe currently. So we don't know what's going to happen as far as testing, as far as quarantine, as far as allowing players to come back. There's still a ton of hurdles to overcome including the border situation between USA and Canada, uh, the San Jose situation that I talked about. And before we end for today, there are two systems that could happen. One of them could be hubs. And what that means, the hub idea was the teams playing 10 games in a specific city over a two-week span. Then they'd exit the hub for a week to return home before playing more games. Or... And I like this idea a lot. Hybrid bubbles. So they'd be somewhat looser versions of what we saw in Toronto and Edmonton during this year's Stanley Cup playoff. Where a centralized location would house each division with restricted access. This idea I like a lot. Where you'd have a bubble kind of close by. Let's say, for example, the Pacific Division. They could have the bubble. They could have it in downtown LA, folks. That could easily happen. You have that enormous JW Marriott Hotel right there, right next to Staples Center. Or you could possibly have it in Anaheim. I don't know about that. Arizona might be a pretty good spot to have it as well. I don't know about Colorado, maybe. But I would say Arizona, Vegas, LA, those would be your three top spots if we had a hybrid bubble in the Pacific Division. So we have some progress. This could happen January 13th. Uh, Don't marker it. Uh, Just pencil it in. Pencil it in for now. January 13th is when we will have NHL hockey back again. And as I mentioned, first week of February, kind of pencil that in for the American Hockey League as well. And that will do it for today's podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated, and thanks for sticking around during this time of COVID and during this nine-month period where we have not had any hockey. I thank all the listeners. I thank you all sincerely for continuing to listen and your continued support. If you want to hear any of the previous podcasts, check them out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you hear your podcasts. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Follow me personally at StimpyJD, as in Ren and StimpyJD. 
And if you want to follow any of the other podcasts on the Locked On NHL Network, uh, check it out on Locked On Pods. And once again, Locked On NHL. Tell your smart device to play Locked On NHL Podcast, and you could hear such talented people as Joe DiBiase and Sarah Avampado, among others. They do a terrific job on Locked On NHL. So thanks once again, and I'll see you guys later this week for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying, please, please stay safe out there, continuing practice, social distancing, and wear a mask. And Ducks fly together.